give your mitochondria less work to do, give them less time that they actually have to do a lot of work, and give them more time to recover. And that recovery time is during fasting. I am a woman on a mission that is dedicated to teaching you just how powerful your body was built to be. I like to do that by bringing you the latest science, the greatest thought leaders, and applicable steps that help you tap into your own internal healing power. The purpose of this podcast is to give you the power back and help you believe in yourself again. My name is Dr. Mindy Pels, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. On this episode of the Resetter Podcast, I bring you the one and the only Dr. Stephen Gundry. So if you're not familiar with Dr. Gundry's work, he is a four-time New York Times best-selling author. He is most famous for The Plant Paradox, and his new book, The Energy Paradox, really goes deep into everything we need to know about the mitochondria. So in this conversation, we had some awesome highlights that I have been wanting to ask Dr. Gundry for a while. So you're going to hear us talk about energy, and it was really interesting what he says about millennials and how millennials are the first generation to have completely grown up with two chemicals in their environment that are depleting their mitochondria of health, causing them to their energy to tank and for their brains to be inflamed. That was fascinating. He then went on to talk about fasting. Of course, you guys know I love fasting. And I really wanted to know what his opinions were on fasting for healing the gut, for fasting for powering up the mitochondria. So we dove into fasting. We then morphed into more on what we can do from a planetary stance. What can we do to overcome the chemicals in our environment to help with regenerative agriculture uh, situations? And then we ended with some of the best tips for mitochondrial health. Uh, in our rapid fire at the end, he had some really good hacks for improving mitochondrial production so you get more energy. I think you guys will hear in this interview what a loving man he is. His final, you know, I always ask everybody at the end of every Resetter podcast what their message for the world is. His was awesome, and you can tell that this man is really passionate about changing the world. So a great discussion, excited to share it with you. And the last thing I'm going to tell you is I have had a question about lectins for a very long time. I have wondered that if you have a sensitivity to lectins, if it was a sign of a leaky gut, and if you overcame that leaky gut could you have lectins again? So those of you that aren't willing to give up plants, this is the episode for you. I am so excited to share it with you. Let me know what you think. Leave me a message. Leave us a review on iTunes. Dr. Gundry, his thoughts on energy, his thoughts on leaky gut, and what we can do as a human race to be healthier and happier. Happy to share this with you guys. Hey, Resetters, as we step into the new year, I am so thrilled to invite you on an extremely transformative journey with me in my Reset Academy. So check this out. If you're ready to kickstart your fasting and health journey, which I know so many of you have reached out to us and asked how you customize a fasting lifestyle for you, 
my Reset Academy is the absolute best place to be. So here's what you get in the Academy, and I like to think of it in terms of a complete picture. So imagine being surrounded by people who understand your journey, who are passionate for fasting, who want to lift you up and will support you every step of the way. My Academy is not just me, my team, but it is an incredible group of people that are all dedicated to building fasting lifestyles and supporting each other in it. This is why I created the Reset Academy. So when you join, you gain access to all the exclusive calls where my team and I share the latest insights, we answer your burning questions, and we guide you towards your health goals. That's not it. We didn't stop there. By becoming a member, you're not just investing in a membership, but you're investing in yourself. I am such a fan of setting you up to win this year. And my academy is the best place I know to do that. I want to keep you focused. I want you to customize this for you. And I want you to succeed at your health goals this year. End of story. So if you're ready to unlock your fullest potential and embrace a fasting lifestyle, join me. If it feels good, join me. And let's make this year an incredible year for us all. So all you got to do is go visit drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy to become a member. I can't wait to welcome you. I can't wait to see you on the Zoom calls. I can't wait to be in community with you. And most importantly, let's get your health goals handled and let's do this together. It's so much better together. Together. So that's drmindypels.com slash Reset Academy. Excited to see you there. Let me start with this idea. When you first put the energy paradox out, I, I, my first thought was, wow, is this book ever needed? So many people are just like dying with low energy. So before we get into how we change that, can you help my audience understand why so many people are depleted right now? Yeah, I think, you know, I actually, when I started the book, I really hadn't planned to write the energy paradox. It wasn't on my schedule, uh, but uh, I was going, I was driving into Orange County to do a, a, a PBS uh, promotion to, you know, get some money for public television. And there was going to be a hostess joining me. And as I'm driving in, um, I got a call and said, you know, so-and-so isn't going to be in today she doesn't have it in her to mm. come into work today and this was a millennial and i went well you know what are we going to do and they said well don't worry you know we're, we're going to get through this and it'll be fine but it really haunted me that you know you know a millennial uh, would yeah. you know just didn't have it in there and i realized that so much of what I do um, in restorative medicine is actually dealing with people who have what we call fatigue and malaise. Um, a better way of saying is we're just, you know, tired. We're, we just don't want to do anything. We've got brain fog. Uh, it's hard to get out of bed sometimes. And you know, why should that happen? We're the, the best fed people in the world, we exercise, and yet most of us, are over 60% of people com complain that lack of energy is one of their biggest complaints. And so that's why I went into this. I think one of the best ways to explain this 
is there was a study uh, done in comparing the Hadza um, mm. ancient, uh, hunter-gatherer tribe in Tanzania to desk workers. And it was a Duke University study. And I've actually had them on my podcast, the Dr. Gundry podcast. And what they their hypothesis was that these Hadzas who walk, oh, eight to 10 miles a day, they're very fit, they're very lean, they're very healthy. They have a wonderful gut microbiome. And the premise was, well, these Hadzas are thin and healthy because they are energetic and they use up all their energy and all of this uh, walking. And we'll compare it to desk workers who sit around all day. And I'll bet you we'll find that the energy expenditure for desk workers is much less than the Hadza's. And that's why the desk workers are so fat. Well, lo and behold, the energy expenditure for the desk workers was identical to the Hadza's. And yeah, and so whenever we're in research, we make hypotheses that don't work out. Sometimes we should say, uh, oops, my hypothesis is wrong. And why is that? Well, these guys said, oh, well, our hypothesis is right that all people have the same energy expenditure, no matter how much, what you're doing or not doing. And, you know, when I read that article, I said, this doesn't pass the sniff test. Um, what is it about these energy, uh, these desk workers that they're expending so much energy, but they're not doing anything? And so my, my research uh, has shown that if you have a leaky gut, and leaky gut is the number one cause of inflammation, and this wasn't my discovery. Hippocrates said this 2,500 years ago, that all disease begins in the gut. Yeah. And our 80% of our immune system lines our gut. All of our white blood cells line our gut. Because if you have a leaky gut, and most of us in modern society do, and we can go into why that is. I was going to say that's the obvious question, yes. Um we produce, we require huge amounts of energy to feed our battle troops, our immune system, and they consume huge amounts of energy to do this. Now, one of the things that I think is very useful for people to understand um, recently, obviously, we're, we've been worried about the COVID virus, but before all this, the flu virus is a really good example. When you get the flu, you feel like crap. You don't, you don't want to move. You don't want to do anything. You want to binge watch Netflix. And you hurt. And people always used to say, well, it's the flu virus that causes this. Well, the flu virus has no ability to do that. But your immune system says, hey, this is a nasty little invader. And we need all of our troops at the ready. We need to give them all the energy they need. So we want to take away energy from muscles. We want to take away mm. energy from the brain because we need all that energy to protect us against this virus. How do we do that? Well, we want to make muscles hurt and we want to make the brain basically not think. And if we do that, we're good. And so the idea that we hurt and our, we have brain fog is actually because our immune system is taking all that energy to, quote, protect us. And if we think about it, 
24 hours a day, 365 days a year now with this chronic inflammation that most of us have because of leaky gut, it's no wonder that we're all tired, we're all exhausted, our brains don't work properly. And even if you're you know, 30 years old, um, this is now happening. And that's quite frankly, one of the main reasons. So then what's the, the, uh, the elephant in the room is what is causing everybody to have a leaky gut? Great question. So, you know, I've talked about in all of my uh, books, starting with the plant paradox, uh, what I call the seven deadly disruptors. And in the energy paradox, I talk about the seven deadly energy disruptors. And number one is actually the same in both lists. Um, and that is antibiotics. You know, broad spectrum antibiotics. We broad spectrum antibiotics were introduced uh, literally 50 years ago, and they were miraculous because docs like me used to have to try to figure out, okay, which what bacteria is giving you this problem? We had to culture it, we had to isolate it, and then we would prescribe the appropriate antibiotic. Now, when broad spectrum antibiotics came out, it was, it was like we were all given, you know, AK-47s and shotguns, and we didn't have to do any of this. We just go, and we would kill everything, and we'd go, wow, this is miraculous. Little did we know that we were also killing all of our gut microbiome, those hundreds of trillion, hundreds of thousands of trillion bacteria that live in our gut that actually protect the lining of our gut from the things we eat. The other things we had no idea was that most of the antibiotics produced in the world are fed to animals to make them grow faster and fatter. Mm. And unbeknownst to us, those antibiotics remain in the flesh of the animals. So even if we've never taken an antibiotic in our life, those antibiotics get into us when we eat animals that are from factory farms. And unfortunately, because of uh, loopholes in FDA laws, even though, for instance, right now it's illegal to feed chickens antibiotics, if on a factory farm with 100,000 chickens in a warehouse, uh, if the veterinarian who is paid by the big agriculture company thinks that one chicken out of those 100,000 chickens is sick, he's allowed to dose the entire 100,000 chickens with antibiotics because he's worried about that one chicken. Right. And there's some recent studies looking at even organic chickens, about 60% of them have antibiotic traces when you actually look at them because of this loophole. The second thing that's happened to all of us is Roundup, uh, glyphosate. Yes. Roundup, it's now about the 50th year anniversary of Roundup. And Roundup was actually patented as an antibiotic. It was not patented as a weed killer. And it kills bacteria in our microbiome, number one. And number two, recent studies show that Roundup in and of itself causes leaky gut without any other necessary thing. Crazy. Yeah. And as most people, I hope, are aware, 
Roundup is now in everything. Roundup is no longer used just on GMO crops. Roundup is now sprayed on all conventional wheat, all conventional corn, all conventional oats, flax seeds, uh, soybeans, canola, to what's called a desiccant, to dry these plants out because, quite frankly, it's far more efficient to harvest a dead plant than it is a living plant because uh, it weighs less. And so it's spread on everything. It's in almost all California wines. Um, yeah. It's it's in our oatmeal. It's in our oat bars. It's even in organic oat products uh, because it actually drifts from field to field. So Roundup is one of the big energy disruptors. And interestingly enough, Millennials are actually the first uh, group of human beings who have throughout their lives been continuously exposed to Roundup and antibiotics throughout. Wow. Yeah. So and, what are we seeing in them? Well, we see fatigue. We see brain fog. We see depression. We see, you know, it's like no wonder this wonderful young woman I didn't have it in her to, yeah. you know, come in that day. Are those two things more detrimental when you're younger? Well, it happens at all age groups, but I think the scary thing, and I actually was with my younger daughter today, who's 39, and we were actually, uh, actually over the weekend, and, you know, we were saying that, you know, her generation are some of the people often call millennials the you know the don't care generation or or no incentive generation and i don't think quite frankly it's their fault i think they've been bombarded with these energy disruptors uh, all their lives they've never known what it's like to not have these chemicals in them so interesting what's so what's the antidote to it like one of the things i want to get into with you is fasting we do my community does a ton of fasting and the more i understand the food industry the more i understand concepts like you just said i think the only way out is for us to fast because we have to tap into a mechanism where the body can self heal from these kind of chemical traumas yeah and that's a very good point of course you know fasting is, is a part of all great religions. Um, the part of the energy paradox that's interesting is that this, and let me step back one step. The other thing that's inundated us for, again, for the first time is processed foods and ultra processed foods. We've actually taken foods that normally would take a huge time to digest, to break down into simple sugars, into simple amino acids, and into simple fatty acids. And as I talk about in the book, mitochondria, which are the energy-producing organelles in almost all of our cells, are really good at handling one of these compounds at a time. They're, they're really good at taking sugar and making ATP. They're really good at taking amino acids and making ATP. And they're really good at make, taking free fatty acids and making ATP. And these things would normally arrive kind of one at a time as we digest them. Sugars would arrive first, amino acids would arrive second, and, pro and uh, fats would arrive much later. 
Now we've ultra processed foods. So we've broken down, we've literally pre-digested all of our food. So we now have simple sugars, simple pre-digested amino acids, and simple fats. And what's happened to all of us is that these things all now arrive simultaneously at our mitochondria. And it's literally like rush hour in LA. And what happens is all this traffic tries to get on the mitochondrial freeways. And what happens is nobody moves anywhere. And it's literally, and I show in the book how your energy production from these simple you know, foods just crawls to a slowdown. Mm. So to get to your question of fasting, most of us, no longer have what's called metabolic flexibility. Norm, normally, our mitochondria can switch on a dime from using sugar as a fuel to using fats as a fuel. But the vast majority of us no longer have that ability to switch back and forth. Yeah. And some people call it metabolic syndrome, insulin resistance, metabolic flexibility, inflexibility, whatever we want to call it, one of the answers to this is to give your mitochondria less work to do, give them less time that they actually have to do a lot of work, and give them more time to recover. And that recovery time is during fasting. Now, it also allows the wall of the gut to heal the less mm -hmm. time that you have to spend time digesting food, the more time the lining of the gut has to repair itself. The less work it has to do, the better. So it's kind of a one-two punch. Now, one of the things people hear about intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating, and they go, oh, that's great. I'm going to jump right in. Uh, tomorrow, I'm going to have break fast. I'm going to break my fast at noon. Yeah, normally I'd get up and have breakfast at seven o'clock in the morning, but I hear so much good things about fasting. I'm going to start, you know, fasting and uh, break my fast at noon. What happens is the vast majority of people, and we see this in, in my clinics for the last 20 years, they can't make a switch from using sugar as a fuel to using fat mm -hmm. as a fuel, and they fall flat on their faces. They, they get tired, they get headachy, they get hangry, they, their energy just tanks and they go, oh, geez, no, fasting isn't for me. Uh, I'm just not made for that. Yep. So, yep. so what we have to do, at least what, what I do in my clinics, is I hold your hand and we take you a step at a time into this. So simplistically, if you're used to eating breakfast at seven, I say, okay, look, this week, we're going to eat breakfast at eight. And come on, give me an hour. You can make it. If you want to have a cup of black coffee, if you want to have a cup of tea, great. Let's start eating at eight o'clock. We're going to do this all week. And then the weekends, uh, take the weekend off, relax. Uh, don't, you know, just go back to your normal life. Next week, we're going to start at nine o'clock. We're going to do that all week. Take the weekend off. The following week, we're going to start at 10 o'clock. Uh, and so on until after five, six weeks, we're now up to starting our first meal at noon. 
the whole idea is you wouldn't go out if I if we took you to the gym and I gave you a 50 pound dumbbell and say, I want I want you to do 10 barbell curls. You know, most of us would go, oh, are you kidding? I can't do that. You know, I'll give you a five pound weight. Oh, OK, I can do that. We have to train our energy producing cells to handle this. And it's just like taking on a new exercise program. And we found over the last 20 years that people, when we ask them to gradually introduce this, can get to a point where an eating window of six to eight hours every day is very easy to achieve. And the good news is human studies, and certainly our clinic has shown that if I give you the weekend off, if I don't just hit mm. you over the head seven days a week, it becomes a lifestyle that you can that you can do and actually appreciate. It doesn't feel like, uh, you know, this is work. Um, yeah. 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 We have a, uh, across our platforms, we have hundreds and thousands of people that we fast together. I call it fast training week every, every month. And we take a five day period and we do exactly what you just said, practice exercising the fasting muscle. And one of the things that I've seen is that fasting can supercharge those mitochondria once you get the hang of it quicker than any supplement, any uh, biohack, anything I have ever witnessed. It's like you put the body in alignment with what it's actually requesting. Are you guys finding the same thing that fasting is, is no pun intended, but it's like, it's the fastest path to, to mitochondrial health. Oh, absolutely. And you know, human studies now bear this out. And I, I go into some of those human studies and, and rat and mouse studies that it's actually probably the most potent health span promoting tool. And at least in animal studies, including rhesus monkey studies, it is the most potent life extension tool there is, uh, yeah. regardless of all the other supplements. And don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of supplements, even of though I yeah. thought they make it expensive year and years ago. But yeah, yeah if you wanted, you know, one tool, uh, getting you to reduce your eating window to, I prefer six hours a day, but even six to eight hours, it's a profound effect. So I've teamed up with Tony Horton. Do you know Tony Horton? He was the creator of P90X, one of the most revolutionary at-home fitness programs. And we created together a new fitness program called Power Sync 60. And it is literally, this program's never been done. It is a revolutionary 60-day program for both men and women. So here's why I want you to join us is that we literally created PowerSync 60 with you in mind. So it doesn't matter if you're a cycling woman, a postmenopausal woman, or a man, one of the things I brought to Tony was that when we work out, we have to think about our hormones. And he had never done that in the millions of workouts that he's created in his lifetime. We also included a free bonus meal plan and a customized tailor way you can eat right for yourself. Also, of course, we put some fasting in there and it was a beautiful meeting of the minds. So I, it, this is like a passion project that I'm so excited to share with you. And in order to get it, all you got to do is visit drmindy.org and use the code PS60PELS. 
so PS, 60, and then my last name, Pels, P-E-L-Z, to get 20% off. And you get lifetime access to the program. So that's drmindy.org, and you use the code PS60PELS to join all of us. I'm actually doing this myself right now. So come join me, my community, on this incredible journey. I am so proud to bring this to you. I think that the changes that happen to the microbiome with fasting, we talked about the mitochondria. Uh, you know, one of my questions that I have from your earlier work, the plant paradox was, is it possible that these plant toxins are, were more inflammatory on a leaky gut? And if we actually healed that gut, they would become less inflammatory. That's, that's absolutely correct. Um, some people, I guess, in a way, miss the point of the, the plant paradox. I am not anti-plant. I am a, you know, confirmed plant predator. Uh, but, <laughs> but you, you gotta know, you know, who your friends are and who's got your back and who has it in for you. And if you look, there are societies that do perfectly well eating lectin containing foods, uh, like beans, for instance, uh, like the nightshade family. Yet, those people have an incredibly diverse microbiome, like the Hansas. The Hansas have an amazing mm. diverse microbiome. And that microbiome, as I talk about in the plant paradox, is your number one defense system against these plant toxins. There's, there's a war going on between plants and animals, and they've got their offense, and we've got our defense. And our defense was this diverse microbiome, among other things. The other thing that we used to have was this phenomenal layer of mucus that, you know, protected us. Mucus is actually there to absorb plant lectins. Lectins look for sugar molecules and um, mucus is the way we do it. What's very fascinating, and I talk about this in the longevity paradox and the energy paradox, the more you fast, the more you produce more mucus and you produce a microbiome called Ackermansia mucinophilia, mucus-loving Ackermansia, that actually, it's a fascinating story, and I'm sorry for rambling, but it's so cute. This bacteria loves mucus. It eats mucus. The more mucus it eats, the more it stimulates your gut wall to make more mucus. So mm. it's a win-win. And the more you fast, the more acromancia proliferates and the more mucus you make. So you can rebuild this defense system that, quite frankly, has been decimated in almost all, all of us in Western culture. So do you think if I'm somebody who has been eating plants, I get really bloated, I, my energy gets drained, could I use fasting as a tool to start to clean up that inner mucosal lining, heal the gut, and then start to re periodically re reintroduce some of these plants? And if so, does the length of the fast matter? So not necessarily. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a very famous uh, paper looking at rheumatoid arthritis 
uh, a, they took 20 women and they put them on a 30-day water fast. Uh, mm. And they all went into remission in, of their rheumatoid arthritis markers. And then they put them on a vegan diet. And the vegan community always points to this study that, and they always write, a vegan diet cures rheumatoid arthritis. Well, the people on, when they went on the vegan diet, 50% of people stayed in remission. 50% of them re went right back into rheumatoid arthritis. So the vegan diet didn't cure rheumatoid arthritis. The fasting cured rheumatoid arthritis. And just like you point out, those people who during that fast were able to repair their gut uh, could tolerate, you know, these plant toxins, lectins, but 50% of them, the 30 days was not enough to completely repair mm. their gut. I've published papers at the American Heart Association looking at people who follow my program, which includes intermittent fasting, but removing these troublesome plant lectins like gluten happens to be mm -hmm. one yeah. of these guys uh, of my gluten intolerant patients. And there's oodles of them. 70% of them are also intolerant to corn. And so many people who go on a gluten-free diet think that corn is gluten-free mm -hmm. and they're safe with it. But long story short, Nine out of 10 people who we follow for a year who had severe gluten sensitivity and leaky gut, in a year, their leaky gut is healed. And fascinatingly, 90% of them no longer react to gluten, which is a pretty nasty lectin. So I think, and I'm, and I'm not telling people, okay, if we re heal your leaky gut, you can have all the pasta and bread and everything you want. But what I am saying is that we've documented that the immune system can be retrained to not get so worried mm. about mm. these particular compounds. And I think that's huge motivation, um, certainly for my, for my patients. About 70% of my patients uh, suffer from an autoimmune disease that mm. they've been all over the country or the world and they can't get rid of it and knock on wood when they go on the program, uh, it goes away. So it's, yeah. it's actually really exciting. So if you look at glyphosate alone, that's a really hard chemical to avoid. Absolutely. Like, you know, you can say, I'm going to do no antibiotic meat. I'm going to stay off of antibiotic, but it's in our rain. It's in our soil. Like, so that, again, this is why I love fasting as a possible tool to start to repair. But if we're getting daily exposure to glyphosate, how do we avoid it? So, you know, even Mark Hyman, who's a friend of mine, uh, who eats very clean, uh, even Mark has been shocked that even with, you know, multiple years of eating clean, he's still got impressive glyphosate on his blood test. And it's like, oh my gosh, you know, if, if Mark is like that, imagine what, you know, the average you know, American has. So there's, I think there's several steps. First of all, again, the more the more resistant your uh, gut wall is to glyphosate, the better. Uh, I'm a fan of fumic acid or salagit, which in one study does appear to block the effect of glyphosate on leaky gut. 
The other thing I'm a fan of is using glycine. Um, glyphosate substitutes for glycine in uh, our DNA, among other things. And you can, in theory, and I think it's correct, if you flood your system with glycine, if you take an excess of glycine, then glyphosate has no spaces to substitute for glycine. So uh, I'm a big fan of glycine. I take three grams, 3,000 milligrams every night for two reasons. Number one, to keep my system flooded with glycine. But number two, and I talk about this in the energy paradox, glycine, particularly when you take it at night, lowers your body temperature. And we go to sleep by dropping body temperature. In fact, it's actually critical to drop body temperature. So I think it's a win-win. I protect myself, hopefully against glyphosate, and it lowers my body temperature and it helps me go to sleep. So, and it's cheap. It's just an yeah. amino acid. And so, you know, it's, it's, here's a, there's a trick from the energy paradigm. Yeah. I love that. And can you just, how about just a cup of, of bone broth? Yeah. So bone broth does have uh, glycine. I, I am quite worried and I've seen it in my patients that mm -hmm. there's an awful lot of lead in bone broth. And so I'm not a big fan of bone broth. Um, I make a, ve a veggie broth that has glycine in it, and that's what I use instead. So Yeah. So, and then my other thought on this is one of the things that has been really disturbing to me as I watch my community is how many people are unaware of the chemical exposure in their foods and in the, in the environment. How do you think when we look at only 12% of Americans being metabolically fit, we look at the example that you gave of the millennials being, you know, having brain fog, how are we going to get out of this? How are we going to help the human race? Because this, the odds are stacked against us right now. Well, certainly uh, big government, big food, big pharma uh, doesn't want us to get out of this. Um, Sickness is very good for business. And, um, you know, I, I'll tell you a funny story. Years ago, um, a, a bunch of manufacturers in a large mid, Midwestern city that has a medical school uh, came to me and they said, you know, we want to set up a healthy eating program for our employees. And, you know, would you be interested in consulting? And I said, well, look, you know, you've got a world famous medical school here you've got fabulous hospital system. Why don't you just go meet with them? And they said, well, as a matter of fact, we did. And I said, yeah, okay. So, and they said, they said, you've got to be kidding us. We are not in the health care business. We are in the sickness business. Wow. Yeah. They said point blank. And they said, why in the world would we want your employees to be healthy because your employees live in our town and we're dependent on your employees being sick. Thank you very much. At least they were honest. Right, yeah, yeah. So personal responsibility is what I hear in that. Yeah, and you know, my job that I've been doing for 20 years is to teach people, okay, here's, you know, you, you, the deck is stacked against us, but here's 
you know, here's, you know, the way, the best way we can to deal with this. And, you know, and there's simple steps like, you know, whenever you can eat, eat organic, uh, get to know farmers at farmers markets. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never forget. I was lecturing in Phoenix a few years ago, pre-COVID. And I was at a farmer's market in downtown Phoenix uh, on, on a Saturday. And there was a pastured eggs, pastured chicken sign. And so I go up and I say, oh, hi, you know, what do you feed your chickens? And they looked at me like, what do you mean? Uh, we don't feed them anything. They work for us. They're, you know, they're farm animals. And I said, really? You don't, you know, don't give them any grain? Why? That'd be crazy. And I said, oh, thank you. Thank you. Bless your heart. Uh, They do this. You know, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska, and knew tons of farmers in my family. The chickens were there to go out eat bugs in the field, and they'd come back and they'd lay their eggs. And they were a farm animal. They'd go out and dig Mm. through cow pies and spread the manure. And if we if we could only convince everybody to you know, let's go back a hundred years and let's re, let's reset the clock, and we can make farmers can make a good living by mm-hmm. doing this. We we on my podcast we interviewed we interviewed Farmer Dan from Texas, and Farmer Dan raises lectin free chicken. He wow. actually yeah he fat pastures them. And then he does supplement them, but they're worth no lectin grains. And now he's got a booming business and he's teaching his, you know, neighboring farmers are going, Hey, you know, you're, you know, you're making some money here and you know, how do we get in on this? So, and it just takes one person. I'll give you another example on another podcast recently. Most California wines have glyphosate. But there's a big movement, particularly in California and Washington and Oregon, to do at least organic uh, wine or, more importantly, biodynamic wines. And I happen to mention a biodynamic winery in Santa Barbara County where, where I have one of my offices, Beckman Vineyards, Steve Beckman. And they have been biodynamic for the last 10 years at least. And, you know, good for them, good for the environment, good for everybody. And I actually got a note from him over the weekend. He said, somebody heard your podcast, heard them. They called and they're now a member of my wine club. And, you know, and thank you for getting the word out because this is important. And it's all going to be individual and people can make a living number one, doing these things. And number two, uh, we'll save ourselves, save our kids. And, you know, if we do regenerative agriculture, it's a first step in saving the planet. Um, Yes. But it's all going to, nobody is going to make anybody do this. We all have to individually do it and encourage, you know, our friends and neighbors to do it. And yeah, that's the only way it's going to happen. 
Yeah. And I also think it's awareness. So books like what, like the energy paradox, the way you started off this podcast, and then just help because when you're low in energy, and I've been there when I was 30 years ago, when I was 20, I had chronic fatigue syndrome and, you know, I didn't understand why. And I healed it through diet. Right. Um, and it just took one doctor informing me. So I do feel like an awareness with, with people like you, as we wake people up, hopefully we can move people into action. Do you feel like as a human race, we, we, we're moving in a positive direction or do you feel like we're move, we're standing still or moving backwards? Uh, sometimes I get, uh, very excited. There's certainly in, in medicine, there's far more interest in functional medicine. I, I call it restorative medicine. Uh, I train uh, third-year family practice residents in my clinic. They rotate for a month with me. And, and I get really excited to see how excited they get. Believe it or not, they've never been taught that they should measure fasting insulin levels. They have never heard of that. You know, right before they go into practice, they've never heard of a fasting insulin level. And they get real excited and they say, oh my gosh, this is why I went into medicine. This is what I thought I was going to be doing. And then they go back to a person and they go to their uh, professor and they said, ah, why didn't you tell me about this? This is, you know, this is what I want to do. And they go, you know, you idiots, you're so naive. Um, look, to make a living in family medicine, you're going to have to see one patient every 10 minutes and mm. you've got $300,000 in student debt. And that's the only, and you're, you know, you're, you need to write eight prescriptions every 10 minutes. And that's the only way you can make a, a living. And they come back into my office and some of them are in tears and they say, you know, the, the, the system is rigged. Uh, I, you know, how do I, how do, how do I get out of that? And that's when I get depressed. Yeah. But if, you know, so that's why we have to have people um, demanding that. And I, I've talked about this, women particularly, you know, women have far more autoimmune diseases than men. Women get far more Alzheimer's disease than men. And women are not taken seriously. Their complaints are brushed under the rug, you know. Uh, of course you're tired. You're a 40 year old woman with two kids and you work a job. Of course you're tired. Uh, no, that's actually not right. Um, these Hadza women who are walking eight miles a day, carrying two kids, they're not tired. They don't even have a word for tired in their language. So true. Right. So true. I mean, they yeah. don't. So true. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, particularly women and, and men too, but women have to keep searching have to keep demanding that you know your complaints are real they're not in your head although as i talk about in the book it is in your head because you got a leaky gut and that's caused a leaky brain you have neuroinflammation and yeah. you and you got to keep insisting somebody has to take you seriously like yeah. chronic fatigue that's an autoimmune disease it's from leaky gut and some, it's not just, oh, you're a complaining female. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you saying that because uh, my platform is a lot of women from the age of 45 to 65 that find fasting because they're feeling unheard. 
and doctors are giving up on them and there's nobody giving them answers. So I'm so grateful for that statement. I really appreciate that. And we're trying to empower women to make better choices and take their own power back. So when a doctor like you says that, that's really powerful. I appreciate that. So. No, it, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I, you know, I just get so people who end up in my office have been kind of to multiple clinics, multiple universities, and they, many people, you know, these, you know, professors say, eh, it's all in your head, you know, here, I'll, I just saw one who was just given an antidepressant uh, and, yeah. and, and she's got wide open leaky gut. She's got two autoimmune diseases and I'm sorry, you need an antidepressant. And I go, what? The? And she said, I didn't feel it. Uh, you know, I knew I was coming to see you, but Amazing. that's, but that's how we, we view so many, yeah. you know, women's complaints and it's just wrong. Just yeah, absolutely it's sad. Yes. It's very sad. Um, what just so that we're forming a book list on our of our all of our podcast guests. What's one book that has really changed your life that you feel like everybody should read? Oh, um, actually, kind of. If you want to learn more about life, saving, I just happen to have it on my desk, so that's uh, a good one. It's called Whitewash. And Ooh. it's called The Story of a Weed Killer, Cancer, and the Corruption of Science. And it's a juicy little thing. The other thing I would recommend, so it's like just have it here. And I didn't plan on this. This is a really uh, powerful Merchants book. Merchants of Doubt. Merchants yeah. of Doubt. And it's, it's using the tobacco industry method to cast doubt on any science that exists, including everything that we've talked about today. And it uses the playbook of the tobacco industry to make you believe, make you question science. And it's, it's fascinating how this web is, is done with big food, for instance, now. Mm. And Amazing. big chemical, like glyphosate. Yeah. So that, oh, that's, just, that's just that's just a couple this. of good uh, good ones to read. Awesome. Okay, two other quick questions. If you had to pick three nutrients for the mitochondria that you were like absolutely are necessary, everybody should be feeding their mitochondria these three nutrients. What would they be? Well, so one of the easiest ways to get started is um, MCT oil, medium chain triglycerides. Uh, medium chain triglycerides are actually converted virtually instantaneously into ketone bodies. And ketone bodies can be used by mitochondria as a energy source uh, without even if you have uh, insulin resistance or metabolic metabolically inflexible. The second thing that I talk about in the energy paradox is the more melatonin containing foods I can get into you, the better. And fun fact, pistachios have the mm -hmm. highest melatonin content of any food. Now everybody says, well, wait a minute. I don't want to go to sleep after eating pistachios. Melatonin and glutathione are the two important anti-inflammatory antioxidant molecules, mitochondrial repair molecules there are. And melatonin actually has very little to do with sleep, but melatonin is essential to repair mitochondria. So that's uh, the number awesome. two food. 
The number three food is the first rule of the plant paradox. What I tell you not to eat is far more important than what I tell you to eat. So if you want more energy, get lectin-containing foods like whole grains, like non-pressure cooked beans, and the nightshade families like tomatoes and peppers and potatoes out of your life temporarily, and you'll be amazed uh, what happens. That's amazing. I love that. Okay, last question. If you had one message for the world that you could get into everybody's brain, what would that message be? Well, start your day with gratitude. Be thankful for whatever has happened to you. And when you look back, some of the worst things that you think ever happened to you were actually in one of the most positive things that ever happened to you. You just didn't recognize it at the time. So be, gr- be grateful every day, even in the worst of times. Hey, Resetters, I just want to start off by saying thank you so much for all your wonderful reviews and those of you that have left me comments on iTunes. I just greatly appreciate your thoughtfulness and how much you guys are enjoying these episodes. And it it seems like you're enjoying them as much as I am enjoying doing them. One of the things that I've learned in just interacting with so many people is that we've really lost the art of deep conversation. And for me, the Resetter Podcast stands for having meaningful conversations with people who are thinking about health, about life, about mindset in a way that we may not be getting on social media or in mainstream media. And so I just want to say, give you guys a shout out and just say thank you for participating in this process with me. Because as much as I absolutely love delivering the information to you, I love even more knowing knowing that it's impacting your life. So please let us know if there's anything we can do to make this podcast more customized to you, to make it better. We are now officially in season two, and we are working to bring you the best conversations that health influencers have, that mindset changers can give, and to really deliver you something that you're not able to get anywhere else. So from the bottom of my heart, as I always say in my YouTube, from the bottom of my heart, I am deeply appreciative of you. I am deeply grateful to be on this journey with you and let's get healthy together.